Coming to you from the kingdom of Marion, this is the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening in this world. And this is episode number 123 Why Sustainability is Bullshit. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard many adages. And on the surface, many of these old adages and statements. Um, are satrosanct in their profundity. That is to say, they cannot be questioned of their validity or their smartness because the statement is so self-evident. Well, I'd like to challenge that and give you an example. For instance, there is the old saying of give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. Now, that is nothing new. It's been around a very long time. I don't know the origins of the statement, but yeah. I've known it for many years, as I'm sure many of you have. And on the surface, it does seem to be pretty profound. Except in my opinion, it's not. In my opinion, it's pretty half-assed. And, well, actually pretty fucking stupid. And the reason for that why I'm going to take the time to deconstruct this is because it is statements like this that lead us down a bad road or two in our lives. Because in that statement, for instance, on the second part, where it says to teach man to fish and he eats for a lifetime. But the problem with that is the assumption is made that he can be taught how to fish. If he, for example, is a fucking idiot and cannot learn all that's required of how to fish or how to fish well, then no, that doesn't really apply. So you see, broad statements that are stated as universals or universal truth, um, you know, if they oftentimes try to come across having a veneer of profundity, um, actually aren't. And the fact is, 
at least if I just narrow it down to the U.S. Because, well, I live in the U.S. I've lived in the U.S. my whole life. And I know the culture and I know the language, so I've lived all over this continent and uh, had quite a few experiences in my life. So I have a bit of authority. And, you know, when it really comes down to it, ultimately, as far as our wants and needs and drives are concerned, we are a human family in that those things, for better or for worse, are the commonality of what it is to be human. In that respect, we are certainly together, even if we don't realize or recognize that we are, we are. But the fact remains, and I'm just going to limit it to the U.S., we have a hell of a lot of people who don't know how to fish. There has been for a number of years this movement, you might say, about sustainability. I believe it's a pretty safe statement that if you um, haven't heard that term kicked around or don't at least believe or think you know what it means, I mean, you, as they say, must have been living under a rock for quite some time. And once again, trying to make the comparison to the previous statement. It's one of those things that, <clears throat> on the surface, seems great. It seems like a really good idea. I mean, who in the hell wouldn't want to support sustainability? As a matter of fact... When sustainability is put across as not only something that we all should be doing, but actually something that we all need to be doing. Well, I get it. So, bearing that in mind, I would like to take this time to deconstruct this notion because within the context of the situation, and this is not by any means an artificial construct, this is the reality of how we're living. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, such a statement is ridiculous if you were residing within a tumor. 
Give me, give me a moment. If you were a sentient creature and you were preaching the virtues of sustainability and you were part of a tumor, but you were, let's say, an enlightened member of that tumor and you were preaching not only the virtues but the necessity of sustainability, well, that doesn't take away from the fact that by its very nature, a tumor does not live sustainably, at least not as far as the life of any host. Its existence is ultimately parasitic in nature. So its tentacles go out and they keep absorbing mindlessly going out and searching and stealing, appropriating, if you will, nutrients in this mindless pattern of replicating. And I mean, that's it. Until it kills the host. That's it. That is it. When you boil it all down to its essentials, that's it. The tumor ends, or multiple tumors, if you will, or any or other parasitic microbes that exist within a given host. When the host dies due to their parasitic nature, for them, that's it. There is nothing more. So if you could see the absurdity, if you pictured these tumor cells as groups of millions or perhaps billions of people, and you have one Let's just say one enlightened cell and raising his arms. Guys, listen, we can't, we just, we can't keep doing this. It's not, it's not sustainable. And maybe, you know, the cell has the attention of many of the other cells for, a brief period they're watching and he does his preaching he's on his soapbox however long this may last and they look at them and then eventually they look at each other and then they have a good laugh and then they go back to their fucking business of being a parasitic organism to spread out and obtain nutrients and conquer and ultimately kill the host. So there has to be a limit, a limiting factor. For instance, 
again, we all know, or at least we should know, that there is a natural balance in nature between predator and prey. If left alone from external human pressures, say, lack of uh, environment, food resources, all that, the earth, its critters, has done this for ever, ebbs and flows. And so, for instance, one season or possibly two, you may have a, an explosion, a boatload of rabbits because vegetation was really good and rain was really good. In other words, the system that supported these critters was abundant and plentiful, so they multiplied. And I mean fucking multiplied. And that's taking into account, bear in mind, they still have disease, and they still have predators, not to mention their old age and death. Still factoring in all those things, they can have a, a given season or two, or perhaps maybe if, if conditions are just right, maybe three. Whatever the case may be, but you could have a rabbit population that just explodes. Then, eventually, what we call Mother Nature, systems turn around, that self-correctiveness turns around. And then maybe they head into a drought. And they head into a drought then there's obviously not enough greenery, carrots, whatever the hell it is that rabbits eat en masse. And so rabbits start starving. And the predators take over and they wipe out a hell of a lot of the rabbits. And this system has seemed to be repeated over and over again with, within nature. So it's a yin and yang kind of thing. Now I'm talking about, I'm, I'm specifically talking about without, you know, influence of mankind, any kind of man-based intervention. There's a balance. So one or two years, you can, boatload a shitload of rabbits are born maybe for another couple years it's the predator's turn and that wipes out a whole hell of a lot of the rabbits but the point is there is a symbiotic relationship and there is a a balance and that is what you could call a definition of sustainability. They don't need programs, the critters, these it's it's nature, it's automatic. Anything that reaches an absurd population level, even if uh, you know, 
there's not enough predators, let's say, it'll be disease. If it isn't disease, it'll be um, a natural catastrophe. But there's always something, usually, if you notice, to keep things in check. That is a, whether it's a voluntary or involuntary, it is still a symbiotic relationship. It is sustainable. But this does not apply to humans. There is nothing within the context, and I want to make sure you understand this part very clear, please. Within the context of our current existence, how it has been, particularly, I would say, in modern times in the last couple hundred years and anywhere in the foreseeable future, um, there's no checks and balances on us. Because, yeah, last year this we have COVID. There's still death and starvation. We, we have these things that occur. But overall, our population just keeps going up. No checks. No balance. So, when you hear these people, and they keep talking about sustainability, and usually, usually it's these, what I call, the criminals, the profiteers that are in these related industries that they themselves are very, very clever capitalists. What we used to call, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. And they put these products on the market. They have the right people that talk the language. And the best part of all, it's sustainable. And as soon as they put that moniker out there, here they come. Like a huge group of pick-your-dumb-animal consumers. Yeah, that's a good one. To buy up this shit. But here's the thing. You cannot have true sustainability as long as you keep increasing a population. And that has not changed. And despite any talk, even whispers of this, it doesn't look like anywhere soon unless there is a mega realization and possibly enforcement of this. Until that happens, you're not going to have any fucking change. As a matter of fact, Everything is going to get worse because if you would stop focusing, see the broader 
bigger picture here, okay? Okay. It's not about this little group here that they're being unfair to. And, oh, we got, you know, these homeless people over there. Oh, God, L.A. now has, I don't know, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. And I don't mean in any way, so I'm not taken out of context or misconstrued in any way, shape, or form. I am not negating the plight of homeless people or any any damn body else that's unfortunate in life. I'm not, I don't mean that whatsoever. But what I'm trying to say is that this is a consequence of failed planning, of failed policy, of inherent instability and unsustainability within a consciousness, let's say, that simply will not accept the reality that we cannot have a population unchecked that just keeps endlessly reproducing and increasing and then not to expect this fallout that's occurring not just in America, of course, but all over the world. Because the philosophy, the philosophy and the mindset, that in and of itself comes from capitalism, and that is a mindset of infinite growth. And that is what is basically, besides being psychotic, it's quite schizophrenic. Because within a given system, there are only so many resources to go around. You can't just turn a blind eye to everything and when the proverbial shit hits the fan and wonder, I don't understand the whole world's George. It's just, it's going crazy. Everything is just going so damn crazy. It wasn't like this when I was young, 20, 30, 50, whatever years ago. Well, no, it wasn't. Not saying it was perfect, but certain aspects. No, it wasn't. Because we didn't have the same population. So, this whole, again, this delusional, this whole thing, when you hear that, be very, consider, at least, <clears throat> consider what I'm saying here. To just put on the mental brakes for a moment and actually listen to these purveyors of sustainability. Because on the one hand, on the one breath, if they're talking about, we need to be sustainable. Oh, I have these Berkey sandals, but they're not made out of leather. They're made out of a plant-based leather. It's 
easier on the environment. Fucking gunk. Completely oblivious to the fact that it doesn't have to do really in real terms with the Berkeys or the fact that the upper portion of them happens to be made out of leather. There's nothing wrong inherently in and of itself with leather. Leather's cool. All these things are fine and cool. If you had, say, for instance, a planet of only around 2 billion people, all of this shit, just about, that we're having all these quote-unquote problems with, can be summarized thusly without lengthy committees about, well, we're going to figure out this little misfunctioning thing. Oh, well, we have this group of, of camping out homeless people. Well, we're going to address that instead of getting to the core of the problem. And that is there are too many fucking people. And uh, I am tired of hearing every other denialist argument. And as far as I'm concerned, from what I've heard, the sustainability crowd, they're one of the biggest ones. And... Ironically, one of the biggest hypocritical groups out there. Because all this really requires is some intellectual thought, a little bit, and a lot of introspection and honesty. And then you look at it and you say, okay, no matter how unpleasant it is, no matter what it is, no matter how damn unpleasant it is, you know, if you got, for instance, crazy Uncle George that lives with you, yeah, and like, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30% of the time, old crazy Uncle George, he's a hoot. He's great with the kids and he's he's fun and he's funny and he's entertaining and he's just he's just great. It's just the other 70% of the time, you know, doing shit like I don't know, setting the house on fire or any of the other thing things that come with crazy uncle George is the problem. Yet nobody in the house even the this is a house of adults. Nobody wants to take crazy Uncle George, put his ass in a straitjacket, and get him to a facility where not only are we safe, but he's safe. 
until maybe, hopefully, if they can, crazy Uncle George isn't quite as crazy. But perhaps it's a, I don't know, a combination of everyone that's working to death just to survive all the time, and they have no time to think. These things, I don't know. That's why I ask you. That's why I want your opinion. And I... I count on that. And yeah, so if you figure I'm frustrated, yeah, I, I am frustrated. I'm very frustrated because not only is, and at least as far as I'm concerned, what I stated is pretty damn obvious. But it's our unwillingness to even talk about it. Now, consider for the moment, if you're listening to this program, and I sure as hell hope you are, all I am is a disembodied voice trying to inform, at least entertain, to kick around ideas asking, some might say begging, for you to contact me and to move this forward to do something. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I think action um, speaks louder than words. But this is not something that's going to be addressed or will ever be addressed by denialist philosophy. And unfortunately, this whole concept of what they are preaching as sustainability doesn't exist in a bubble, doesn't exist in a vacuum. And you can't have sustainability when you have, amongst other things, uh, population growth with no plan whatsoever. We're, uh, we're going to close by saying we're going to talk about the Nassholes or something that I picked up from my patron, St. George Carlin. Uh, the people at Nassau that want to talk about their, I think it's, I think it was 98, was it billion or trillion? I have to recheck that. But anyway, it's their plan. <laughs> their plan. That's great for them. That's a lot of great wages for many years. That's great for them to spend our money to go to Mars. Yeah, we're going to go to Mars. <sighs> On that note, since I've been talking about 
the sustainability movement being complete bullshit. I would like to end that with this. For all of those who want to follow the dream, the journey of our trip to Mars, I would just like to tap you on the shoulder with just a little something called reality. Because despite the fact that it is a immensely complicated, technologically demanding, virtually to almost to the point of impossible, but even if you could, it would just be an incredibly, incredibly large and wasteful endeavor. On top of which, just incredibly fucking stupid. Let me put this in perspective. Before you assholes get together and decide, yeah, we're going to go to Mars. I would suggest that you stay at a place here on Earth that very, uh, well, as closely as we can approximates an environment on Mars in the winter. I would have you go to a place in the Arctic Circle in Antarctica called Vostok, or also known as Lake Vostok. It has the reputation which it earned in 1983 of being the coldest place via air temperature on the planet. And it was recorded to be almost minus 90 degrees Celsius, which is roughly close to <clears throat> minus 130 degrees Fahrenheit. You got that? Let that sink in a little bit. Minus... 130 degrees. Now, live through that shit for at least six months. Okay? Okay. Now, having experienced that, if that isn't enough for you alone, imagine the temperatures and the howling winds. Imagine the whole experience about a hundred times worse. That would be the experience of being on Mars. So, um, yeah, you might want to take that into account before you boldly go where no nasshole has been before. Hello again, and thanks for listening. By all means, please do leave a comment, because not only do I want to know what you thought about this episode, but so does the rest of the world. And here, your opinion really matters. Until next time, I am Ernest Mann, and I am out of here.